Welcome back, Bolt Fam, to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 71, brought to you by your co-hosts, Colin Appel and Miles Raruka here. Man, it is draft week. We are officially here. We are officially two days away from the 2023 NFL Draft. How are we feeling? How sto- on a 1 to 10 meter, how stoked are we? Man, TGIDW, man. Uh, I am probably about like a nine right now. That will progress to a 10 and above uh, when I wake up on Thursday, man. What a great time to be alive. What a great time to be an NFL fan. Um, as you guys know by now, our Los Angeles Chargers are slated to pick number 21 overall come Thursday night. And today, I mean, we've already done a few episodes talking about, you know, what's what we kind of want, what we're thinking. And, you know, we're, we're going to kind of do our final final rundown today. Talk about some Telesco stuff, man. But yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for Thursday night. Um, how are you doing, my man? Dude, I am pumped i can't wait in two days i'll be in kansas city attending my first ever nfl draft and i am stoked man i they can't get can't get here fast enough no kidding man uh it's really really just looking forward this is one of my favorite weeks of the year this is kind of our half half time of the nfl offseason it's all downhill after this man and yeah i'm, I'm ready to lock in I'm, I'm excited for thursday friday and saturday Dude, yeah, I can't wait. Kansas City should be a good time. But uh, before we get kicked off here, as always, what are you drinking? And uh, is it is it something different than the the usual? No, I just oh shit, I was I did have a Coors. Um, gotta go find. I don't know where I put it though, but I have a Coors around here somewhere. I was drinking a Coors. Uh, lovely day here in Nebraska. I got the windows open. Nice day for some nice blue mountains unfortunately i don't i think i might have left it downstairs but i i did have a course out and about so kind of a fumble on my part man but i was enjoying a nice course light but uh what are you drinking man well i decided to mix it up today a little bit and uh being as you know we're from nebraska don't don't get to sip this beer too often either when we're i'm traveling most places or if someone's kind enough to uh to ship me some but i got a i got a traditional yingling lager america's oldest brewery this thing is straight stars and stripes uh american eagle vibes it's got an american eagle on the can actually um but yeah man just a great amber beer uh have you ever tried yingling are you familiar i have i believe i believe i have tried yingling once uh, I don't really remember how I liked it, though, to be quite honest with you. But I, I think I have tried it before. Yeah, it's it's very smooth. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a amber lager, but think kind of like it's kind of got some Sam Adams vibes to it. I would say a little bit, not uh, not the exact same, but kind of a similar taste and and smoothness to it. So I'm trying to trying to find the uh. ABV percentage here, and I can't. I don't know if they uh, don't put it on their cans, but um, yeah, good beer. That's what I'm sipping on. And uh, shame on you, sir, for for leaving your Coors un- unattended somewhere. Yeah, dude. Now it's gonna be worn by the time I get back to it. But 
you know what? I'm gonna stick it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna decide to talk some football instead of enjoying my beer. Um, which usually it's nice yeah. when those things go hand in hand, man. But I'm I'm alone here, hey, so I'll, I'll drink for both of us. How about that? I appreciate that, my man. I appreciate that. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk some ball. Let's get it kicked off, man. Um, I do have a little um little fun question for you here, just in the spirit of it being draft week, and um, you know it. it Always makes me go back to years past, you know, different different draft classes the Chargers have brought in. Uh, I always think of like very random picks. You know, it's not always just like, oh, who do we take in round one that year? Um, you know, it's like, man, remember when we took this dude? And that's a name that you haven't heard of in like forever. So uh, who is your off the top of your head? Who is the most random player? Uh, let's let's do a two part question. Uh what has your favorite draft class been since you've been a fan? Oh, and then who who has been your favorite pick? It doesn't have to be you know necessarily value itself, but if it's like a random person that ended up being a you know a, a key player on the team, or if, if it's just a random name or whatever, who's who's your favorite draft class and then favorite pick? Do you have like an answer in mind? Yeah, I have me. Okay, then I, I want you to go first. I need to think on this, but that's oh, a that's, that's a very a phenomenal route. question. That's a cheap route, I'm dude. I I literally you, you can't just pull that. Me? You can't just pull that on me and expect you're me to Uno, think off the top of my head. You're Uno, Uno reversing me on. I am Uno reverse carding you because you have an answer and I do not. So, okay, well here's all right. I, I will say this: after I give my answer, you cannot be like, "Oh, that's what I was going to say." No, I I. Not why would I do that to you if I'm having you go first? All right, that, all right, that no, would just that would be douchey. Now that would yeah. be, yeah. All right, just I, I just want to make sure we're we're coming up with our own answers here. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with my favorite draft class and favorite draft class. I'm gonna go with for no reason at all. It's just a draft class that I always think about, but it's probably the 2013 draft class. That's a random one, man. And it's Tom Telesco's first. I think that's a big reason why it sticks out so much to me. Uh, it landed us Keenan Allen, one of our best, you know, players in, in franchise history. And that he's not my favorite pick. Um, he's up there, but just thinking of, of class wise, I always go back to that because and I think our first round pick in 2013 was, um, God, I can't think. Uh, you know it. Linebacker. No, no, it was an offensive lineman tackle. Oh shoot, I'm thinking. Okay, he, he's recently lineman. been thinking about making a comeback to the NFL. Oh yes, DJ Fluker. Yes, my boy. Yeah. And With then, do you train, remember who was? Do you remember who was second round? Was it Melvin Ingram? No, it was Manti Teo. Oh, you're right. Melvin Ingram was in that class too, wasn't he? No, Melvin Ingram was uh the year before pick eighteen. Okay. He was a for Melvin like Ingram was a first rounder. Yeah, I knew he was like 2012, 2013. That's who mm-hmm. I that's why I thought he was the first rounder. Or no. Anyways, my, my wires are all crossed, but 2013 mainly just because it was Telesco's first year. We landed Keenan Allen and um I was also pretty hyped up about that Manti Teo pick in round two, not gonna lie. At the time, I was like, man, this dude's gonna be a baller. His stock is so low because of the whole fake girlfriend scenario, but yeah, that one just didn't end up panning out. Man, I, I agree with you. When we picked Manti Teo, I mean, he was like in like the Heisman running 
in college. Yeah. So I was like second round, all because this dude faked having a girlfriend. Like seriously, it's not like it's not like he it's not like he like was accused of vehicular manslaughter. Like he just had a fake girlfriend. Right. Like this is a steal, man. Yeah. So that that was a draft that was pretty pumped up about another one that comes to mind just for honorable mention was the 2015 class because i think that was the year that we took jason verrett number one overall nope no we took him in 14 that was 14 see i'm off by a year i'm i'm confusing their rookie year with the year well technically the rookie year is the year that they got well it's like so then that would be right 2015 right wasn't 2015 his rookie year no verrett's rookie year was 14 uh, 2015 was probably the year that he made the Pro Bowl then. 15 was Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I think 15 was the year that Verrett made the Pro Bowl. I want to say then. Because I know that was a good year for Verrett, whether he was drafted or... I don't remember if that was his rookie year or if it was his second year. That was year. the one year that he didn't get hurt, and actually. Yeah, expectations. Bald. Um, favorite, but my favorite overall pick... And has, I, has no... um. I guess it doesn't have to, it has nothing to do with value, just preference itself. Uh, I specifically remember where I was and where I was sitting in my living room when the Chargers drafted Antonio Cromartie. And I remember at the time knowing nothing about him, but then like remembering where I was when we drafted him and thinking, hmm, like I wonder if he'll be decent. And then seeing his rise to, to you know, I think it was a 2000, what, nine season when he led the league in interceptions made a pro bowl broke the nfl record for a longest field goal return oh yeah yep 109 yards baby that was a fun year man and i I remember just looking back on that pick being like who would have thought like i mean that was a a first round pick that aj smith absolutely absolutely nailed at the time and paid pretty pretty nice dividends but yeah that was just a fun one for me i always enjoyed cromartie uh, on the chargers and and yeah that i don't know why that comes to mind it's it's has a little bit to do with the randomness too i think is is why i like that pick um but yeah man hindsight is 2020 and it's easy to look back and be like yeah i'm glad we drafted him because uh he was a stud yeah dude that's for sure man um yeah, Chromo was Chromo was the real deal, man. Um, and man, if Verrett was able to stay healthy, dude, there's no doubt in my mind that he would still be a very, very key player on our team to this day. So, man, it just seems like that's yeah. just kind of kind of Chargers charging sometimes, you know. But you know, I'm looking through these draft class, man, and like there's in almost all of them, there's at least one or two players that are like really, really were key players. But it seems like that's about all that we've gotten out of these draft classes is about two quality players per class. And obviously that could change like with with last year's class. You know, we saw Zion Johnson and then Ogbonia, Salyer, like those those people all have potential for sure. But just as of now. Um, But, man, I would say that my favorite draft class, honestly, that I've seen so far. Dude, this is going to sound weird to say, but from the perspective of having, you know, depth and good pieces. I'm going to go with 2017. 2017, Mike Williams was taken seventh. And you might think, like, that wasn't that great for slant. I mean, Mike Williams in the seventh. I mean, we've seen at seven. We've seen what he can do. He's been a pretty, pretty productive player. 
Force Lamp was our second round pick. I mean, remember, remember when that dude was supposed to be legit? Uh, Dan Feeney was our third round pick. So now you're thinking like, dude, you're an idiot. But then rounds four and five were hits, man. Rayshon Jenkins and Desmond King. Ooh. In yeah. four and five. That's a solid draft right there. Desmond Kings was one of my favorite picks. That 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 was gonna, who I was going to say for one of my favorite picks uh, is Desmond King, just because like I remember watching him play Nebraska when he was at Iowa, and that dude was a baller. So I mean, I just felt like fifth round volume. That's insane. So yeah, that is. So I really like that draft class, but I would say that my favorite pick. I mean, I'm going to go with a way more recent one than you, but. It's got to be 2018, Derwin falling to 17, man. I mean, just how badly we needed a safety that year. I mean, I think, let's see, how how long had it been since we lost Eric Weddle at that point? It had been a while. No, who like would have been? It would have been Adrian Phillips and... Well, I, I, don't know. Weddle, I think Weddle's last year was like 15 or 16. Yeah. So that would have been just a few years after we lost Weddle. We really needed another piece to man down that defensive backfield. And, man, we've, we've found the best one in the NFL who fell to us right at 17. So, yeah, hard to now not say that one. That's a huge pick, especially if you're going off just value alone. Because, yeah, like you said, to, to be able to pick at 17 and have an all-pro player fall to you is does not happen very often. And, I think you could probably argue the same with Rashawn Slater from a couple of years ago as well, falling to 13. So that's kind of a similar theme there. But yeah, man, just to imagine this team without a guy like Derwin James, I mean, he he is the whole identity on that on that side of the ball. So um, he is so important to this team moving forward and, and such a core piece. So uh, if, if they ever do go on a championship run, he's going to be a big big reason because of that a big piece to that so yeah hard to argue against the the logic there but hey man let's go ahead and dive into it uh since we're already about 15 minutes in um first thing i wanted wanted to talk about some news coming out of the chargers camp yesterday tom telesco hosted his annual pre-draft presser and um you know some stuff to dig into not a ton of news you know at, at this point you know, Charger fans kind of understand that Tom Telesco doesn't tend to, you know, show a lot of cards ahead of the draft. It's pretty tight-lipped. Um, everything's sealed under wraps. And, you know, why would you? Why would you give any other teams any, you know, intel that they might need and, and, and take and run with? So, um, but we know that's kind of his draft philosophy. But he did have his, uh, his press conference yesterday. So I did want to, you know, kind of just break that down hear your thoughts um on a couple of things but uh first off i did want to you know talk about the austin eckler situation telesco brought it up said hey there's no update on him but he did discuss some other options that the team has within the team um guys like isaiah spiller joshua kelly larry roundtree so uh what i mean right off the bat What's your first reaction, first take to Telesco basically saying no update on Eckler? And, um, you know, how do you feel about, how do you feel currently about those three other guys behind him? And of those three, who do you think it ended up being, you know, the most 
most productive or, or end up stepping up the most. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to what Spiller does uh, this upcoming year. And obviously, I think that the the running game is obviously another aspect of the draft that uh, we can definitely tackle. Uh, so I'm I'm excited for that for that as well. But yeah, I think uh, Spiller for sure. I loved what we saw um, out of him coming out of ugh, out of him coming out of college, and then it just felt like last year. You know, he kind of kind of busted up his ankle in the preseason, and then. I just don't know if it was more of a precautionary thing or he just wasn't quite ready to take the field yet, uh, whether it was ankle or playbook or just, you know, really getting the feel of the speed of the NFL. So, you know, that's that is one person that I'm really, really looking forward to uh, seeing progress this upcoming year in, in Isaiah Spiller. But, you know, for me personally, I would be pretty surprised at this point if Austin Eckler were to survive through Friday and he's not a charger come you know, this upcoming season. I feel like if a trade is going to be made at all this offseason, this is kind of the last week with the draft upcoming this that it's going to happen. So time it would happen. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree with that. And uh, yeah, no, that's, I'm glad you said that because that honestly isn't something that I thought of right away. But um, yeah, I, I think if he makes it through this weekend, you know, still in the powder blue, um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say he's the kind of guy that will probably finish out his deal. I don't see him holding out. I don't see him causing any more drama. I mean, it's not really, we've talked about this before, you know, it's not advantageous to him at this point to do that. So um, yeah, that's, that's a great point to bring up. I still think he will be in powder blue after the weekend. Um, but I definitely, I definitely would be lying if I said, I don't think Tom Celesco will be taking calls all weekend about Austin Eckler. I mean, that phone is probably going to be ringing and they know that. Um, that's probably, it's honestly, probably a little bit of leverage in the chargers pocket going, going into this draft, you know, kind of having that, that's not necessarily in your back pocket in the sense that you know that you're going to do it, but it's just nice to kind of have that piece of, Hey, if, if the stars align and there's an offer that they just can't refuse and it, you know, ends up being advantageous for the, for the organization, that's, that's something that, that can come out of or that's something that can come out of this at least um so that that's that's nice to think of but i definitely man i just don't see it happening i, I mean what what's your honest take do you, do you see it happening this weekend at all i mean i know you're gonna say there's a chance but yeah I, i'm gonna say it i am that's i am gonna say it there's a chance because i think that there is you know anytime that you have a player on your team that's disgruntled with their with their recent contract or with their, excuse me, their latest contract. Um, then I think that there's always a chance, especially with right. such a big night for drafts coming up being the NFL draft. I'm so it, I'm changing it to a yes or no question. No, it's but, not yeah. going, it's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think it will happen, but I'm just saying I'm not ruling. out no, the possibility. I, that's that what I was getting to. I, I know there's a chance, but like, what do you like in your heart of hearts? Do you think it happens or not? In my in my heart, I don't think the Chargers are the type of I don't think Telesco and the Chargers are really the type of organization that would pull something like that off. Depending on how it goes, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be for it. You look, I mean, I'm under the impression, I'm kinda under the mindset of, hey, I don't think like all this, you know, drama with Eckler popped up this offseason. I think it's safe to say he's not gonna re sign with the Chargers unless you know, it's just a, a Cinderella of a season and it's a like picture perfect ending and like 
happy ever after, which always could happen. But realistically, I think you have him for one more year, put all your chips into the middle of the table with him. And we've talked about this too in the past where like, even if Austin Eckler's status does not, does not make, help me make the decision on uh, Bajan Robinson at 21. Like whether or not Austin Eckler's on, on, on our roster, that should not hinder you from making that decision at 21. Because the way I see it, you're essentially replacing Eckler right there, and you get both of them for a year. And what a fun year that could be. I mean, we, we've seen teams go on a run in one year. Teams can turn it around in mm-hmm. one year. It doesn't have to be a three, four, five build process. I mean, that's how it goes for some teams. I get that. But for some teams, like, look, if you draft right one to two years in a row, that's the difference of being in the AFC championship game or the Super Bowl because you have depth, you have guys on contract still locked up, um, and you're just adding to, like, I think the, the uh, I was about to say the Phillies, uh, the Eagles are the latest example of that. Um, just excellent roster construction, via, a, a large part of it via through the draft. I mean, especially their $250 million, million dollar quarterback that they just signed, um, who's now making more money than Herbert, which is crazy to think about, but that's also in, in the... Not for long, most likely. Coming up in, in our future as well, so... Um, yeah, man, I just, look, this is how you build a team and that's why the draft is so exciting. And it's also why the draft can be very disappointing. Like we've had drafts in recent years where it wraps up on, on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. And you're like, ugh, I don't know. Like it leaves you with more questions almost than it does mm-hmm. answers. Um, so yeah, man, I, uh, I'm excited for, for this draft and I, I hope that we can, you know, pick the right I hope we can make the right decisions in in round one at at 21 and I hope Eckler doesn't you know give too much I can't find the words I'm trying to look for here I hope that doesn't influence there you go I hope Eckler's situation doesn't influence uh the pick at 21 too much because it shouldn't I think you have him for a year regardless and then after that you know thank you for your service and you know we we know the type of player that Eckler is. We know the diversity that he has on the field, but he's not that he. You know our biggest flaw is finishing out games, and it we've kind of come to find that Eckler's not that. You know you can blame Eckler. You can blame you know we've had a lot of spotty O line play over the years. You can blame whatever you want, but at the end of the day, running game is just too inconsistent. You know, and if a change yeah. is what needs to be made in order to fix that, then I'm on board. Well, I mean, Staley talks about it all the time, right? Marrying the run in the pass. So if you had a running game, like imagine a world where Justin Herbert lines up under center on second down and it is consistently second and six or second and five. And then yeah. you and then you you pair that marriage and pass or that, that run in, in past marriage with the new offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore. I mean, I, I, I'm just like salivating over the, the play action packages that they could have with Eckler and Bajan or, or the RPO. Like, well, and yeah, look how the Cowboys utilize Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. If we saw that for even just a year, dude, Oh my God, that'd dude. be a fun yeah. year. 
I'll I'll take it for a year, you know. And, and if Eckler, whatever, next year he's a year older, and and some other team, you know, is willing to pay him, like the Commanders, you know, if they're willing to pay him, you know, ten million dollars a year, eleven million dollars a year, then cool, man, go get your bag. But also have fun playing in, in DC. <laughs> so okay. I, I just think uh I think that's the route we're headed on. I don't know if Telesco sacrifices. And again, Bajon Robinson is not a charger by any means. I mean, I'm kind of talking like he already is, but if he does end up being a charger, I still, um, you know, would love to see that that backfield for at least one season. Yeah, dude, that'd be that'd be a fun year. That would be one of those years that you're just really, really looking forward to. And I, that's that's really what excites me about the draft class is just the thoughts of seeing new talent out there, seeing what young players can prove themselves is. Always, yeah. always super exciting. Yeah. Um, another, another uh, little statement from Telesco that I, I found interesting was, you know, th- this is the, the time of year too where he only he not only gets excited about you know the new talent that is going to be added added to the team in the next couple of days, but you know this is the time of year where we tend to kind of look back on previous draft classes, specifically the last year's draft class, and start to kind of look around and see who's going to step up from that class that didn't necessarily have a big impact um, or a big role this last season. You know, kind of the sophomore guys that, you know, for a lack of a better word, like just consider them redshirt freshmen. You know, JT Woods uh, is literally a redshirt freshman. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah I mean, Spiller. Not- well, I mean, he... He burned his red shirt, but he did, yeah. but like, I mean, barely. Yeah, I know. I know what you're referring to. Um, but I, w- I would put him in that category, you know, Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard, guys, you know, well, again, and, and these are guys that, you know, Telesco has his pros and cons. We know that. But I think one thing on the pro side for him is that he can get production out of some of those guys that don't produce in, necessar- in their first two years necessarily i mean guys like trey pipkins guys like rashawn jenkins you know where it's like it takes them three years to to be a legit nfl starting caliber player but by god they they get there you know so that's what excites me uh, about this time of year too and specifically I, I think if there's one guy to be the most excited about well, actually, let's let's make this interesting. Who do you think the one draft? Uh, who, who? What member of last year's draft class are you most excited about for stepping up and and filling a bigger role in twenty twenty three? I'm gonna go. I'm. I mean, we talked about him already, but I'm gonna go. I say a Spiller. Ooh, okay. Honestly, I mean, you could go a lot of different directions. You know, you could say, I can't wait to see Zion Johnson take that next step forward or, yep. you know, Otodi. Oh, jeez, dude. I cannot. Yeah, Otodi Ogbania. Uh, really excited to see what he can do. Uh, but, yeah, I think Spiller, oh, especially just with all the with all the questions, JT Woods is a really good option for that. But I think Spiller, just with all the questions surrounding Eckler's future, um, and just the kind of runner that I think Spiller can be, I'm really excited to see what he can do in the future. No, that's all right. That that's a good answer. I wasn't expecting that out of you, so that one surprised me a little bit. But yeah, man, like uh, Spiller is definitely a guy I'm ex- excited to see more of this year, and I think he'll get a bigger ro- bigger role too. So 
Um, I was going to say Jasir Taylor on the defensive side, just from a few of the highlights he made last year. And he seemed to kind of really be coming on towards the end of the year. He just kind of, and it, it's probably the dreads too that make me kind of, you know, think of Rashawn Jenkins and just the trajectory he had at the, the beginning of his career and, you know, the complete player he is now. So, yeah, that's who I'm most excited about. But, um, yeah, the, like you said, the last year is, and in most classes, you know, there's a handful of guys um, that could be good options. So, um, no, I was just curious about that. But the next thing on our agenda here from the Tom Telesco presser, um, let's see here. Oh, so basically a big takeaway that I had was, you know, it, it's it's anyone at 21. It's anyone at 21. Um, it's kind of wide open. You know, we have, and it, it has a very similar feel to last year. You know, we've seen a bunch of mocks on the offensive side. We've seen mocks on the defensive side. We've seen, um, you know, a couple players start to kind of get traction at 21. And then, you know, it's somebody else for the, for the next week or, or two. Um, but, you know, it is a very wide open approach. And given, you know, the current roster um, leading into Thursday night, it, it seems like, I mean, it, it seems like it could be anyone. Who do you think, um, let me rephrase this. What side of the ball do you think will be taken on Thursday night? You know that I'm all I'm all weapons for Justin Herbert, and I really have been since the season ended. But like, there's just there's a lot of signs. You know, I've seen some reports. A lot of a lot of GMs aren't necessarily that high on this receiver class. Um, you know, I th- I think a lot of people are thinking Zay Flowers. I know that's the popular answer, but I just think that a lot of these receivers, even the top of this class, aren't aren't overly valued. You know, over past years, there's not that number one standout guy, you know, Quentin Johnson was everyone's number one for a while. And now Quentin Johnson's going outside the first round in some mocks. So I, I just think that there's, there's just so much up in the air with this receiver room um, that I, I am actually going to lean away. I know that my original take was a flowers at 21. Um, I'm still going to be absolutely ecstatic if that's the case but I I just I don't think that's where we're going to go anymore with receiver especially after Jalen Guyton getting re-signed but one thing that Telesco did say in his presser one specific position group that he did bring up as being a lot deeper than years that we've seen is tight end so I don't know I I think there's a lot of signs pointing towards you know a tight end um, or perhaps Bijan if he were to fall to 21, because at this point I, I don't think Bijan getting out of the top 15 is necessarily a certainty right now. Um, but yeah, yeah that... I, I I'm I think I'm gonna probably go either tight end or you know def- maybe even defensive end, perhaps. Uh, I know that there's a lot of there's quite a few dudes in this class that I'm kind of a pretty big fan of. A lot of dudes that I believe would be nice to trade down for. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think I, my, I think my pick is tight end at this point. Okay. So tight end in in, in the first round, as you think? I do. I do think so. 
yeah, no, I would like this is again, this is the reason why I asked you is because every time I've asked someone, it's a different answer. And it's changed throughout the entire process of the the pre-draft through the combine, through, you know, the senior bowl, all that stuff. Um, and it's, it's just why it's wide open. It's just like last year. Um, but, uh, I, I would honestly be shocked if they go tight end at 21. I'm not going to lie. Really? I would. And I don't know what they're going to do, but I have a feeling that it's going to be on the defensive side. Cause that would, that would also just be very charger-ish for them to go. And, but also like, if you think about it, defense is where we need the depth. Yeah, no, I, I'm, of, I'm outside of receiver, but like we we still have decent depth at receiver. It's just not it it may it might not be everyone's favorite depth, but it's still decent depth. Like your top three are are three good receivers, really good receivers, and then you have some villain guys like you know Jalen Guyton's coming back. Um, you know, probably pick up at least one, maybe two in the draft. Some young guys. So, um, I I I just think. As we get closer to the draft, I my gut keeps telling me defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it could be anyone. Yeah, dude, I know. I, I've been watching a lot of defensive end, defensive line film lately. Uh, I, I really just think it's going to be a matter of who falls where. I think that it's bound to be at least one of those, you know, arguably top 10 top 15 guys falling down especially at 21 at that spot it's kind of a weird spot to be so you know i definitely think that a talent like let's say that like a a luke van ness drops you know i'm not necessarily is that my favorite pick in the world but i i just think for how great of a prospect he can be at 21 like i feel like that's something that telesco wouldn't shut down necessarily and Van Ness is just an example of one of those guys. You know, what if like a, oh, I don't know, who who are some, like, what if one of those other bigger DNs or D linemen no, or maybe Will even Smith, like. Will McDonald. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One of those guys falls. Then that's that different. Group alone is the main reason why I think defense could end up being the surprise pick. I mean, I think that, I think what we're suffering from a little bit is the Justin Herbert effect fact that you know you have justin herbert so everyone assumes you're just gonna fucking get everything for him but you can't also just neglect and not saying that they are but like at some point like khalil Mack and joey bosa in the very near future one or both are not going to be chargers probably just one even if they are we've seen you know they've both had a history of missing some time with injuries so we need we need somebody to you know, be back in that spot for when they aren't able to be out on the field. And it just seems like as much as you want to keep adding weapons for Herbert, he already has a lot on his plate for for weapons. Like, at what point are we getting too greedy weapon-wise? Whereas, like, you can't, you can't not replenish these other areas because they haven't really been replenished for a couple of years. I mean, yeah, we just got Khalil Mack last year, and, and Chris Rump is only in, what, year three, I think? Year four, something like that. So yeah. we've, we've addressed that position, you know, in the in the last handful of years. But, like, you know, Chris Rump is not a, was not a round one or two pick. 
And he, yeah, he's progressed a little bit, but he's still not on the caliber of, you know, what you would want your starting D end and this league to be at. So if, yeah, man, if you're, if you're picking at 21 and a Nolan Smith or a Will McDonald or a Lucas Van Ness fall in your lap, I think. Kalaja Kansi. Yes. I think they just take that and they say, Hey, now we have crazy depth on the outside. Even if Bosa or Mac go down, you know, we have their, we have someone we can plug and play right there. Um, that That's the kind of depth that I think wins championships. It, yeah. It, yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. And we, like you mentioned with Herbert's weapons, there's a lot of phenomenal, you know, stretch the field guys that are going to be available in that second, third round, let alone, you know, tight ends. Yes. You know, there's going to be receivers. There's going to be tight ends. There's a lot of running backs. I like, I think that this, this class maybe not necessarily is top end heavy in the offensive weapons category, but there's some there's definitely some diamonds in the rough that need to be found. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. This I think this is a great, great time to to transition into what my next topic was going to be, and that is uh, you know, keeping just keeping track of what other mock drafts out there are, are doing and, and what they're looking like. Uh, because at this point, I mean, look, it's kind of foolish to not look around and be like, hey, what, what do other people think happened Thursday night, you know, and uh, or at pick 21? So uh, right here I have the Chargers mock draft tracker 10.0, um, pulling this straight off of their website. Um, but this is from different different writers, analysts, um, you know, opinions from across the, the sports media world. So first up, we have Matt Miller from ESPN. Um, Matt mocks the Chargers will pick running back Bajan Robinson out of Texas at 21. Um, he says, Find, finding a landing spot for my number three overall player is tough. Which team will value talent over positional value? Robinson is a three down, do it all back, and can very quickly be the best in the NFL. I think, on that. I think we should uh, go through and give that a grade, how we would feel about that pick. Well, I'm, I'm giving it an A, considering that's I know you're going to give it an A. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a B+. Plus. What was it? B+. Plus? I'm going B+. Plus. Okay. There's no way I in hell agree. that I would be upset with Bijan on the board, but there are a few other guys that if they were to fall or be on the board, sure. I would maybe slightly sway towards. Sure. Um, that's, my, that's, my, that's my argument. Next up, we have Eric Edholm from NFL.com. He mocks that Chargers will take cornerback Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State at 21. Um, he cites, you know, char- the corner remains a big need, especially with J.C. Jackson's injury timetable unclear. Porter has the length and athleticism to tempt Brandon Staley, and the Chargers seem to put stock in prospects with NFL bloodlines. Joey Bosa, Asante Samuel Jr., Nasir Adderley, etc. Um, this one surprises me. It's I again would not be upset with this pick. Um, I just I think with you know Telasco's presser and him basically saying, Hey, this is a time of the year where we get excited about guys that we've, you know, picked in, in previous classes and expect them to step up. Uh, I think corner is one of those positions where they might look at it more as, hey, we get JC back when we get him back. Uh, it sounded like he's kind of ahead of uh, progress a little bit. Um, 
but I also think they have a couple of other guys on the roster right now that they could ask to to step up and, and fill those needs. So I'm gonna rate this. I'm gonna rate it a B. And I almost rate. I almost went B minus, but I'm gonna stick with a solid B. And the fact that um, I think you could hit a bigger home run elsewhere in round one. Yeah, I I'm I would also probably give this a B, probably closer to a B minus. Um, I I just think that there's gonna be a lot of other guys on the board that I like a little bit more than Joey Porter Jr. But at the same time, you know, injuries happen to us. We need depth. Corner is one of the most important positions in all of football. And, you know, J.C. Jackson, like you mentioned, coming off that injury. Um, and we, we're, we might need someone to step up in that department. So definitely wouldn't be upset with that pick. But, you know, it doesn't really, you know, doesn't doesn't get me doesn't get me rocking wood, if you know what I mean. So I'll give it a B minus. I gotcha. Uh, next up, we have Peter King from Pro Football Talk. He mocks that the Chargers take wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC at 21. Uh, Peter King had this to say about Jordan Addison. The East Coast kid strayed from his comfort zone in 2022, transferring to USC after winning the Bolitnikoff Award, best receiver in college football, at Pitt in 2021. He caught 100 balls at Pitt. Then, with a ton of attention on him at USC, he only caught 59 in a totally different offense. Mentally and physically tough and versatile, he played 60% in the slot and the rest outside in three college seasons. Because of all of that, <laughs> I think it raises more questions than brings answers for me uh, with Jordan Addison at USC. And the main reason I'm not sold on this pick at 21 is because I think we already have a receiver on the team, and his name is either Josh Palmer or Mike Williams. And I'm not saying that that is a direct comparison, but when I look at you know his draft pro- profile, kind of the way he stacks up, he doesn't do anything crazy different that's going to stretch this offense than those other two guys already do. So because of that, I'm going to go a B-minus with this grade. Yeah, I, I would – Agree with you. I'm actually going to go C plus Jordan Addison. You know, I just think, like I said, for the other two guys, there's going to be other receivers that I like more that are going to be available in this spot, let alone available way past round one. So, you know, I think Jordan, Jordan Addison, not a huge fan. I'm going to go C plus. All right. Um, next up. Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports. Um, this is one that you might like, Miles. Uh, he mocks wide receiver Zay Flowers from Boston College to the Chargers at 21. Ryan had this to say about Zay Flowers. He said, Zay has a chance to be wide receiver one. He was virtually unstoppable at Boston College, and that was with suspect quarterback play. He'll quickly become one of Justin Herbert's favorite targets, and he also has return skills. Very interesting end to that statement. He also has return skills. For those of you that forgot or maybe didn't already know, DeAndre Carter signed with the Raiders, I believe, uh, last month. So return re- returner is also you know up for grabs again, and that's uh, something that Brandon Staley and Telesco have have mentioned that they're you know taking into consideration when you know looking at a, a potential wide receiver. So I think that. You know, that that's something to kind of keep an eye on. But um, I do like this pick. I do like Zay Flowers. I do think it's dumb to overlook him just based on his size. 
I, I think teams have been burned by that before in the past. You know, whoever passed up on Tyreek Hill the first however many picks, because I think he was like a second round pick, if I'm correct. Uh, it's just stupid. It's just stupid to like, you know, and I and I get it. Hindsight is always 2020. But I think this is one of those guys that you're really going to be upset that you didn't go with because of, oh, he wasn't six foot. I'm sorry. So if this were to happen, I would not be upset at all. I think this is a solid pick, and I'm going to say this is an A minus. Yeah, I'm giving this an A for sure. Um, I don't think I don't think I would really give anything an A plus unless we were, you know, A plus is that's the standard. So I don't want to go all the way up there, but I'm going to give Zay Flowers an A. I just I think that he is the type of receiver that Justin Herbert needs on his offense. He is literally just like an Antonio. Like imagine Antonio Brown's prime is a very similar comparison to what Zay Flowers is. His balance, his control, his his uh, yards after catch. It's literally everything that I really love in a receiver, and especially for a guy like that to have a quarterback like Justin Herbert. It's going to look very similar. It would look very similar to Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, in my opinion. So, say Flowers, an A, probably as close to an A-plus as I can get for me. All right. I love it, man. Next up, we have Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Um, He mocks the Chargers draft edge Miles Murphy from Clemson. Um, Now, this is an interesting one because I haven't really seen him mock to the Chargers um, all that often, but this is a position that I think has the most likely chance of swallowing up the Chargers and, and just forcing their hand and being like, hey, one of these guys at this position is going to fall to us and we got to go there. So, um, But Danny Kelly says, Murphy would add to the team's already strong pass rush group. Yep. Giving the team another long, twitchy edge presence to rotate inside uh, to in alongside Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So he's kind of you know, thinking what we're thinking, but he just thought someone different. And so I am not, uh, I'm not too familiar with Miles Murphy, but just based on position value alone, uh, I'm going to give this a, a B plus. Yeah. I feel like Miles Murphy would be like the Zion Johnson pick of this year's draft. It would be a guy that, you know, we know has a pretty high upside, but we just don't know what too, too much about, um, you know, with that being said, I just don't know too much about Miles Murphy. Neither do you, um, a guy I have not watched any film over, but I have seen him mocked once or twice. I'd, I'd give this one a B minus. Um, obviously, a position of need, positional value, it's all there. So I'd be fine with it. Not necessarily my preferred pick at number one, just due to my lack of knowledge of him, pretty much. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, next one is one of my favorite, you know, favorite picks. Not my not my prediction was not my official prediction, but probably is is very close behind it at number two. And Maurice Jones Drew is the one that made this mock, and he mocked Edge Nolan Smith out of Georgia to the Chargers at twenty one. He says a lot of people want to see the Chargers select an offensive player here, but sacking the quarterback will help this team get over the hump in the playoffs. Smith brings a winning pedigree and a different type of speed off the edge that will complement Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And I think Maurice Jones-Drew hit this on the head. I think outside, for me personally, outside of Bajan at 21, this is the biggest home run the Chargers could have hit at 21. Um, 
the caliber of player that Nolan Smith was going into this last year already was probably a top 15, 20 uh, NFL draft pick. But then with you know him, uh, I think, blown out his knee, I think it was an ACL, um, out for the year. Uh, but people are going to forget how good this guy is. Um, you know, he's a leader on that Georgia defense, national champion. Um, I think that's, you know, that adds up and what Tom Telesco looks for as far as character and leadership. Um, this is a guy I think a lot of teams are going to be kicking themselves over that they didn't get, um, especially because he was probably only ever available that late because of an injury. So I'm giving this a solid A. Um, I don't think there's an A plus in this draft at 21, but Bijan and Nolan Smith are the closest for me. Yeah, dude, it would be really, really upset to be. Dude, I can't speak today. It would be really hard to be upset with Nolan Smith at 21. I, I don't feel like he'll drop that low. I really don't. Um, I think he is a top five talent that just got stuck with poor injury history this last season. You know, he tested out of his mind at the combine. The only yeah, thing about him is he's a little undersized for, especially for defensive end. I think he only measures at like 240, so a littler guy, but like. The test, I mean, his combine says everything for him. Like, you can go look at his combine stats. They're absolutely insane. The the tenaciousness, the tenacity of him getting after the quarterback is something that, you know, you I really love to see. So I'd give this one an A-. minus. Um, would be really hard for anybody to be upset with that pick. I, I agree, man. Um, last two here. Last two before we will call this call this quits. We have Michael Renner from Pro Football Focus, and he is on the Bijan train. He's mocking Bijan Robinson at 21 to the Chargers. This is our first repeat, so I think that's worth noting. But he says new offense coordinator Kellen Moore is going to bring a stronger commitment to running the football than the Chargers have had in recent years. With that comes the best running back prospect we've seen in years. Again, I think people are underselling or underestimating what this offense with Kellen Moore, with Justin Herbert, with Austin Eckler, and with Bajon Robinson would look like. Utterly stupid. Maybe the best offense we've seen. It might advance us to the 2040s. Who knows? But I'm giving this an A. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, we've already been over it. This His, his tape speaks for himself, so... Yes, sir. Um, last one here before we wrap up. We have Jonathan Jones from CBS Sports. And he he's keeping it short and sweet, but he has the Chargers mocking tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Another solid pick. Um, and he basically just says, hey, the Chargers still add the offense by getting Justin Herbert. Or the Chargers still add to the offense by getting Justin Herbert a big tight end. So, um kind of a similar thing where it's like hey if you're not going to let the austin eckler situation influence taking a running back why let the two tight ends you just brought back this offseason influence taking dalton Kincaid at 21 so i love this pick um i think this is an a minus and i would not be mad at all yeah i'd probably give the Kincaid pick a b i love his receiving ability but i do like michael mayer just a bit more at this spot i i i Fully believe that he'll be available as well. Um, I just like him a little bit more for the run blocking aspect of his game. You know, Kincaid. I think I think Mayer's the more put together tight end has more 
you know, of brings a lot more to the run running game than any other tight end does in this class. You know, if Kincaid or Mayer were to fall or not fall, but if we were to not snag them at 21 and we were to go after, you know, a Tucker Craft or a Sam Laporta in later rounds, I would love that. But to be quite honest with you, tight end class, my number one guy, I think, not necessarily at 21, a guy I would want to trade down for. I wouldn't want to reach at 21, but it would have it would have to be um, Darnell Washington, dude. Mm. That dude is just an absolute freak of an athlete. I think he can do it well in the receiving game. And, I mean, I, I saw him move some of those bags at senior day, and that dude's a scary motherfucker. So, I don't know. Maybe that could also be – that could be a second-round guy. But, yeah, tight end class, I really love the value that that I think Darnell Washington brings. Not at 21, but I think later on in the yeah, draft. Yeah. is definitely somewhere that he can be picked up. I got you. I got you, man. Well, yeah, man, that, this is the, the last time that we will have any any conversations together before draft night is here. It's only two nights away, man. I cannot wait. I will be there uh, live as it happens. So um, if anyone, if any Charger fans are out there, come say hi. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll say hi to you and um, just have a good time, man. I'm 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 stoked. Dude, yeah, uh, it's really looking forward to Thursday night, man. I can't wait till wait till that little chime rings in and the pick <laughs> is in, baby. Dude, yes, yes, something that we've waited for basically since uh you know the clock hit zero in jacksonville it's it's a long time uh to wait just for a little bit of football news and you know free agencies sprinkled in there too so you know it's not like we haven't had anything to to get excited about but yeah man something about the draft like you said earlier just brings new life it's a it's the start of a it's the symbol of a you know new life start of new new year and um you know everyone's back to zero and zero there's there's hype with every team. There's, you know, mini camps coming up and OTAs and training camp down the road. So, uh, like you said, it's everything's downhill from here. And before you know it, we'll be doing our first uh, preseason game preview. All right. Lock it in right here. I know we, we talked about it last week in our first mock, but things have kind of changed since then. Who are the Chargers selecting at 21? I know who you're going to say. I just want to see. Maybe you've changed it. Maybe you haven't. All right. You want to know how Chargers, Chargers are taking it at 21? I think I know where you're going with this. With the 21st pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Edge, Nolan Smith, out of oh, Georgia. Wow. All right. Baseball, baby. I changed it. Y'all you did change it. Y'all thought I was going to say Bajan? I thought for sure you were going to say Bajan. You're going edge. I thought for sure you were going to say Bajan. The only reason I made that switch is because you said some things have changed, and I just think I talked myself into the most likely position with the best player available, value, all that that's going to be there at 21 is going to be edge, and it's just going to force Teleska's hand. What if a guy like Tyree Wilson drops? Good, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't think he's dropping either. I I don't know even know if he's dropping out of the top ten. So, all right, Nolan Smith is the pick for Colin. And yourself, dude. I you know I said Zay Flowers initially. Like I mentioned, a lot has changed. But I really think that when the pick is in and the Chargers are on the clock, it will be 
Michael Mayer, tight end of Notre Dame. Ooh, okay. That's my pick. Hey, hey, Popper liked that pick in his article. I just want to put that out there. I just think he's a really complete weapon and can do it all on the field. So, hey, man, we both switched up. So, hey, that that's how you know we've uh, this thing is wide the fuck open, man. Like anything can happen. Um, really? And I'm excited for it. You know, just like last year, none of us were really expecting Zion Johnson's name to to be announced, but. The second it is, it's it's all love. He's a charger. He's part of the Bolt fam, and we just have to embrace him and, and be excited about what's to come. 100%, man. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here, man. Um, the draft is here. Let's go. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bolt up.